Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today, I just want to take a moment and thank the National Peanut Board for their kind sponsorship of today's show and for all of their support over the years. College is one of the most exciting and challenging times in a young person's life, but when you're in college with food allergies, all sorts of new challenges arise. But today, we have college students Emma Sorrentino and Jonathan Barnhart, who will provide us with tips and insights for navigating parties, making new friends, and dating. You will absolutely love how authentic and honest they are and how openly they share their insights. So let's go have a great podcast together. Welcome, Emma and Jonathan, to Facts Roundtable Podcast. We are absolutely thrilled that both of you are here today to help unlock a few of the college mysteries. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, it's going to be a fun podcast. I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you. I know you're really busy. This is a busy weekend for college students. So again, thank you so much for your time. But before we get started, can each of you share with listeners just a little bit about your food allergies and what level you are in college? So let's go ahead and start with Emma. I am a sophomore at the University of Vermont. I was diagnosed with my peanut allergy just shy of my first birthday. I also avoid all tree nuts, though, just to be cautious. At UVM, I am a biochemistry major looking to go to med school in the future. I am involved in our recreational rock climbing club. I'm a big skier, downhill and Nordic, and I'm involved in some undergraduate research focusing on enzymes. So that's kind of a little bit about me. I have been involved with FACT for many years. I started out as a teen counselor at their Camp TAG. I've done that since I was 13, and I'm 19 now, so quite a few summers. I've also spoken at their teen retreats, and I've done some other volunteer outreach projects over the years, as well as a couple of these podcasts. Well, thank you, Emma. You are like super busy and super impressive. All right, Jonathan, can you tell listeners a little bit about yourself too? Of course. I am a freshman at a small college in Ohio called Cedarville University, and I'm studying and going to be majoring in nursing. I enjoy jump roping, skateboarding, listening to music. Everybody does. And foods I'm allergic to. I'm allergic to 15 things. Let's see. Peanuts, tree nuts, dairy, egg, wheat, soy, sesame, onion, garlic, barley, rye, oats, baker's yeast, 
green beans and peas. I was diagnosed with some of that at three months old and been having a medic alert bracelet on my wrist ever since. And for fact, I've been involved with fact for around six years. I got involved by going to Camp Tag, which was six years ago. I went as a camper my first year, enjoyed it, came back as a counselor. I've been doing that for five years. And you too, Jonathan, are super busy. And listeners, I want you all to know that Jonathan and Emma are fact celebrities. You mentioned their names and you would be surprised how many kids and adults are like, oh, I know her. Oh, I know him. We have a really impressive crew right here. Thank you to both of you for sharing. And Emma, I'm going to turn to you with our first question. Can you describe what dating or meeting new people in college with food allergies feels like? And then also, how has the pandemic really impacted the social scene at college? That's a good question. I think the best way I can describe it is there's always some small thing in the back of my head that I know my peers don't have to worry about because while most people are very receptive to food allergies and want to make you comfortable, It's hard to bring up sometimes when you're just meeting someone, you don't know how important your allergens are in their life. So you don't want to feel like you're not burdening them because it's not a burden, but you don't want to spring it on them. I feel different from my peers in that sense where it's there's something in the back of my head when I'm first meeting someone like, oh, I really need to bring that up because safety. But since the pandemic, I don't think much has changed with that aspect, but it's definitely changed just meeting people in general. I know college last year was really restricted. We didn't really go out or eating in the dining hall was really limited. So the social scene last year was almost not existent. So then this year it's been really fun to experience the college life a little bit more. But that has also led to me having to be more outward about my food allergies just because I'm meeting more people. We're going to new restaurants because we can do that now or we're going out on the weekends. So I think since the pandemic has started, the main thing that's changed for me is my level of sort of awareness of my difference. I don't know if that answers You did answer it. And actually, I want to go a little bit deeper, too. So let's say you make some new friends in the dining hall, and they want to get together later in the evening. So when do you bring up the allergens? Like, when do you say like, hey, I have these food allergies? Do you wait till the food opportunity comes up? Or do you just casually slide that in conversation? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really situational. A lot of times, People kind of do it for me because I carry around AviQ, which is, I think, slightly less recognizable than EpiPen. So people are like, what is that? Why are you carrying that? And then I get to say, oh, this is my AviQ. It's my epinephrine because I have food allergies. So that kind of does it for me, which is nice. But if that doesn't come up, it depends on what the activity is going to be because I don't really love to make my foodology this huge part of my personality. Like I'm proud of it and I love the community that it's given me, but I don't necessarily want people to be like, 
oh, there's Emma, the one with the food allergy. If we're just going to like the hockey game, I probably wouldn't be like, oh, by the way, I have these food allergies and like sort of go out of my way to describe it. But obviously, if we're doing anything involving food or anything of the sort, it's definitely comes up a lot faster. That's really clever, carrying your avocues in a way that they can see it. And then they ask the question. That's quite brilliant. It's convenient. (laughs) I love it. Now, Jonathan, if you don't mind me asking you, has it been hard or easy to date with food allergies or even just sharing with the new people you meet that you have food allergies? How's that felt for you? It has been a little different meeting people with food allergies, certainly. So I don't have much experience dating people in the first place rather than food allergies. I know when I went to teen retreat a couple of years ago, we had a talk about dating with food allergies, and that was quite insightful. We talked about things you need to keep in mind when you're being with the other person, if they have lipstick on, what they ate beforehand, and even things that they can't have around, they can't have to accommodate for you. I haven't personally experienced this, but during that talk, it was good to learn about those kinds of things. And for meeting new people, same as Emma said earlier, not bringing it up intentionally in conversation. When it needs to be brought up, of course, you have to. You got to keep yourself safe, be an advocate for yourself. But going out of your way to shove the fact that you have food allergies in someone's face is really not something that I or I think Emma tend to try to do. Well, it feels like it would be a little unnatural and a little awkward. You know, hi, I'm Jonathan. Oh, by the way. Yeah. And then you list out this long allergen kind of list. So have your friends and your roommates been really supportive? Have you found any challenges there or have people been really good? No, people have been extremely supportive. The dining hall, I've tried to go into the dining hall, but Once I get within 10 feet of it, I can just smell how much food is there and I can't go in. So sometimes my friends will get food from the dining hall and then come outside. I can bring food and we eat outside. Really nice, supportive people. And yeah, not many complications. So my son's in graduate school and my daughter's a freshman at Occidental College. And that's what they seem to find, too, is that once you hook into a friend group, they're super protective and they don't care. Yeah. They'll just do whatever you need. It's like no biggie. But although I am curious, if you're not eating in the dining hall, where are you getting your food? The university was very kind. They gave me a one-person dorm with a bathroom. So I don't have to worry about making sure everything is washed and cleaning my dishes in a different place. I have my own fridge here and I can have my own food. I used to live only an hour away. So every week my mom comes here and gives me more food to have. I have that food for a week, keeps the cycle going. I have my own food from home at the university. University was extremely kind to allow me to have this room. And it's worked out very well. I haven't had any complications with it. That's awesome. I love it. You have your own delivery service. Lucky guy. 
listeners, you can't see this. I can see Emma and she's over there smiling like, yeah, I could use a delivery service too. Huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dining hall food is definitely not as good as Jonathan's mom's, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I must agree with that. Good job. Now, this question's for either of you. Have either one of you experienced any kind of challenging situation with new friends or a date or someone who just didn't understand? And then if you had had that experience, do you have any advice for a fellow college student who might be in the same situation and just a little perplexed about how to deal with these kind of situations? Luckily, I haven't had too many experiences with people being completely unwilling to learn or understand, but there definitely have been times that people don't take it super seriously at first. I've had friends that I'm not super close to yet sort of know about my foodologies, but they say, oh, like, it's not, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like, it's okay if I, like, eat this right in front of you. And personally, like, I don't love when people have my allergens right in front of me if it's avoidable just because it's a little uncomfortable. So small instances like that I've definitely dealt with, I would say all my life, not just in college. Last year was a year where I was in a completely new crowd and had to do that all over again. But my advice would be to stand your ground, which can be really hard to do because I know for me personally, sometimes being an advocate for myself while it's really important can feel hard to do because you don't want to inconvenience anyone else. But when it comes down to it, it's your comfort and basic livelihood over their snack. My biggest advice is to stand your ground, keep saying, no, this is a big deal. You know, you could send me to the hospital and I don't really feel like doing that today. I would say that's my biggest piece of advice. It can be kind of hard. And then ultimately, if they're really unwilling, it's kind of up to you to decide if that friend is worth or significant other is kind of worth the the trouble. One of my fellow allergy friends always says that having a food allergy is like a built-in gauge to see if someone is a worthwhile endeavor because you tell right away. I like that. Uh, how willing they are to be compassionate and empathetic. I guess it's kind of a good thing that we have to tell people all the time. Great advice. Jonathan, do you want to weigh in? Uh, Sure. Emma summed it up pretty well. If you try to make a friend and they don't want to accommodate or they don't care about the deadliness of a food allergy, it really says a lot, but... Emma got a lot of that. Thank you for sharing, both of you. I really appreciate your insight. It really helps everybody. Now, this next one is a question that I believe makes everyone really anxious. How do you handle parties where there's food and soda and alcohol that may be free-flowing as you manage your allergens? Jonathan, can you start this conversation? I have declined going to quite a few parties from my experiences here. Multiple times where I've just had to leave the place before things started or even got going just because I knew that it's not the place for me to be. This isn't something that I want to sound as a negative, though. People had a pizza party going and I could smell it in the air. I can't eat the pizza. 
I know that people are going to have a great time there, but I also know there's other things I can be doing right now. I don't want to put myself in danger. I can go hang out with a couple other friends and just leave this party. I don't have to stay for this. Another time is just this past week, actually. It was Wednesday. I had a great time. I went to a bonfire, met some new people. It was super fun. And we were heading back to someone's dorm to just relax and have some candy. And then I stay for a little. But before we get to the dorm, before the candy has arrived, I just leave. I don't need to be there. I don't need to eat that candy. I don't need to hang out for any longer. I've had my fun. Just get to go back to my dorm and eat my own food. This doesn't sound like a very positive thing, but it gives you definitely a sense of independence and really keeping yourself safe from foods you can't have. It actually does sound kind of fun to me in a sense of that you're really in control. You're really controlling what's going on. And you'd mentioned, you know, you could go do other things. So that means you can go in, enjoy an event for a little bit for what it's worth and bring out the best of it and then move on to somewhere else where it's going to be really safe and really fun. So it sounds like these strategies are pretty darn helpful. You got to keep your safety first, no matter if you want to stay at the party, if you want to go in the first place, you really have to consider your safety. I'm going to add on something else really quickly, though. One of my friends had a party at his house, and this is a friend I've known for, goodness, like six, six or five years, a long time, since almost middle school. And he's known about my allergies for a very long time, very supportive and he knows that since I wanted to come to this party, they have multiple dogs at their house. So he knows that I'm coming and they put the dogs in a separate room. They clean all the dog fur off of the furniture. They make sure they're not cooking anything that would trigger my allergens. And of course, they buy food, they buy snacks for everyone, and they already know I'm bringing my own food. I have my own snacks. They don't need to try bringing something for me. They already know. We're communicating back and forth that I have my own snacks. They have their own snacks. It worked out very well. It was a very fun party because I knew the people running it. Everything was safe beforehand. It stayed safe the whole time. And we played a board game which had to do with passing around a plastic device and of course everyone who had been eating has food on their hands no one had washed up so my friend was sitting next to me and he knows that i'm not going to touch this plastic device he takes it from my hands and holds it for me because he knows that i shouldn't be holding that and it's a really good thing to go to these parties and have a great time but make sure you're comfortable and you're safe at this party. Having a friend there does wonders. Well, it really sounds like just that. You have your friends there, your allies there, and they help make it work. And that makes it really fun, right? You're with your people. I actually remember when I was visiting my son once at Pitzer College where he did his undergrad and they got invited to a teacher's house for dinner. And his friend was like, okay, who's calling about the allergens? 
My son didn't even say it. His buddy Uma was like, okay, yeah, I got this. Who's calling? I'll call. Emma, do you have anything you'd like to add to the conversation? I think that really is the biggest thing, you know, in college and beyond is just having someone, at least one person who is really good with your food allergies and knows the ins and outs, how to use your EpiPen and how to read labels, the whole works. So that's definitely the biggest thing to have with you. But on the side of parties, my mom, turn off your ears because I'm not going to pretend that college kids don't, some college kids don't go out and have some substances. So mom, don't listen. But the biggest thing to know that I didn't know until a few years ago is that when you have alcohol in your bloodstream, if you do have your allergen by accident, the reaction can be much worse and do like sort of a biphasic reaction type deal. So that's super important to be conscious of if you are going to go out to like a alcohol party or alcohol situation. That's something I always keep in mind. And then my biggest tip for going to a party is to obviously bring your epinephrine, but put it somewhere that you know you won't set it down or move it. I always put it in my left back pocket and always make sure like as far down as possible. So it's like not at risk of falling out. And my friends know that I always have my epinephrine in my back pocket. So if anything were to happen, they would know where it is. But so that's the other thing is keeping your epinephrine somewhere that you will know the whole time, like regardless of your blood alcohol content, you'll know where your epinephrine is. That's the biggest thing. I find myself all night, no matter where I end up, checking my back pocket just randomly just to see if it's still there. But another thing to keep conscious of, if you are going to be drinking or doing whatever, there are some brands that might have your allergen. So if you don't know exactly what is in a cup or a can, don't drink it because, well, for many reasons, but for the reason of food allergies, you don't know if someone has eaten your allergen and drank from it or if there's your allergen explicitly in it. So if it's an unmarked container, don't go near it. And then even if it is marked, I usually try to stay away from communal bottles or cans or whatever because people could have eaten your allergen before going out and that would be cross-contamination, which could be bad, especially, like I said, an allergic reaction when you are intoxicated is much worse. So just be aware of that. And at least in my experience, there hasn't really been a lot of food at these parties, but if there is, I obviously don't like even attempt to eat it. Just it's not worth it. And it's better to just be safe than sorry. So if there does come a situation where I am faced with food and I know that I've had a drink or two, I actually have used the Jonathan method and I've walked out of the room because (laughs) I knew that I just didn't want to take the risk of having a reaction or being a little bit less cautious around my food allergies. That's the 21 plus (laughs) side of that question. 
That is perfect. Thank you, Emma, for just being so honest, because that's what helps everybody's honesty. I love it. The Jonathan method, you know, I'm going to use that (laughs) and talk about the Jonathan method. And I am glad you brought this up this summer. Both my kids ate the same thing. And my son, who's 22, ended up in the ER where Layla didn't, but he had had a couple of glasses of wine. And so we had wondered if this was the difference that he needed to go to the ER where she did not. And so I think that is really something to keep in the back of your mind. And a friend of mine's daughter did have an allergic reaction at college where someone had grabbed her cup on pure accident, drank from it. They had been eating a macadamia nut bar previously. And then my friend's daughter grabbed her her bottle and drank from it and immediately went into anaphylaxis. So that's real. So thank you for bringing that up. All right. Now, Jonathan, what are your best tips for dealing with parties or dating or just anything in general at college? At college, just make sure you're safe. Whatever you're doing, whether you're dating, going to parties, make sure you're safe. Make sure you're in your own comfort zone. And don't try anything that could give you a reaction. If you're not sure, just don't do it. If you're like, "Uh, maybe I could have this. I'm looking at the ingredients. I think they're okay. Just don't do it. It's not worth the risk. And if you're in a relationship, make make sure you know what the other person has been eating, drinking, putting on lipstick, make sure you know what is in that because could go very wrong. Very solid advice. Thank you to both of you just for your time. And this honesty is perfect because then this gets the conversation going and being so authentic is perfection because everybody wants college and and just living with food allergies to be perfect. And it's like hardly perfect. And so the more that we know, and the more we have these conversations, the better. So I want to thank both of you again for being on Facts Roundtable podcast. And I hope to have you on the show again before you graduate. So thank you, Emma. And thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Before we say our goodbyes today, I just want to say thank you one more time to the National Peanut Board for being a kind sponsor of Facts Roundtable Podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.